0: RHH10 for 10% off all purchases at amazingjane.com. Amazing Jane ship around the world, so please check their website for details. topic today is all about managing mind mood symptoms as we transition through the menopause. So many women talk about feelings of forgetfulness, fogginess, sadness, maybe for no particular reason, and some women even experience depression. So we're going to be talking about the reasons behind this and also what you can do nutritionally to support a healthy mind and mood. Welcome to the Healthy Woman, Healthy Runner mini series. Please join Aileen Smith and Karen Campbell, nutritionist friends and runners. During the mini series, we'll be spotlighting key challenges women face as they approach midlife. Women tell us that they're really uncomfortable with the way their body shape is changing, and are noticing how their energy levels and running performance is suffering too. So it's our mission to help women be in great shape bypass midlife health challenges and continue to enjoy their running. So we've designed our healthy woman, healthy runner method. And that's for the woman who requires the most time efficient and easy method to be the best she can be. During each mini episode, we'll be helping you take some easy action. The suggestions we make during this episode are for guidance and advice only and are not a substitute for medical advice or treatment. If you have any concerns regarding your health, please contact your healthcare professional for advice as soon as possible. If you'd like help from Aileen and Karen to design a personalized sports nutrition plan for your running, please contact them at Runners Health Hub. Welcome everyone, I'm Aileen and I'm here again with Karen. Today we're going to host a snapshot discussion on mind mood symptoms and we're going to look at the hormone reset part of the Healthy Woman Healthy Runner method. Uh, But before we get into today's topic, let's have a quick refresher on what the Healthy Woman Healthy Runner method is. So it's basically our step-by-step method which covers setting up for success, shaping up your body composition um, and it includes a hormone reset which is really essential for our midlife years and then we follow on by helping you have energy for everything and most importantly eating for running results.
1: And to produce this, we've really pooled on all our experience of working with clients and our own personal learning and research to create this method, which is straightforward and really simple to apply. We share the method in three different ways. We have our mini podcast episodes like today. We hold free online training sessions every few months. The next one taking place later this month on the 28th of September at 6pm. And we also, are offering a healthy women healthy runner program which will be inviting people to join later this year so that is a little bit about healthy women healthy runner yeah it's always good to set the scene isn't it mm-hmm.
0: um, so let's introduce the topic for today which as I said is a snapshot discussion on mind mood symptoms and these are symptoms that I'm sure many of us have experienced as we've transitioned uh, through menopause that feeling of fogginess forgetfulness, Uh, sadness, sometimes for no particular reason. And for some women, uh, there may be feelings of depression. Um, So symptoms through menopause is an area that we look in much more detail in the hormone reset section of the Healthy Woman, Healthy Runner program. But today, we're just going to give you a brief overview of the potential causes and risk factors for mind mood symptoms during this menopause transition. Um, We'll look at what the impact of these mind mood symptoms may be on a midlife female runner. Uh, And what could you do nutritionally to help manage and alleviate these symptoms? And then we'll um, conclude with an action point that you could consider putting into place now. uh, And that will help support symptoms as you transition through the menopause. Um, So we'd always uh, also ask you to listen to the end of the episode uh, because we've got an invitation for you to join the free training that Karen mentioned a little bit earlier
1: so hello, Karen. How are you today? Yes, I'm good. Thank you. An official hello to everybody. Um, great to, to be here as always. Brilliant. So let's get
0: started, Karen. Maybe you could give uh, everyone an idea of the potential causes or the risk factors for mind mood symptoms during the menopause transition.
1: Yes, absolutely, Aileen. And mind and mood symptoms, I think, can be very debilitating for lots of women um, as they progress through this life stage. And in fact, it is thought that approximately 75% of perimenopausal women suffer from some form of mind mood disturbances. Now, It does seem to progress along a spectrum with some women experiencing only slight changes to mood and cognition, whereas some other women being at the other end of the spectrum and experiencing significant depression. But for today, we will focus on the the more subtle mind mood changes, but we would really urge anyone who's experiencing more severe symptoms, including depression, to visit their medical practitioner or their GP for some personal um, advice. And support. So, as we said at the beginning, some of these mind mood symptoms include brain fog, forgetfulness, low mood, irritability, and anxiety is another symptom that some women might experience. Aileen, I'm just thinking, did you experience any mind mood symptoms as you transitioned through that mon- menopausal phase? Yeah, well,
0: what I sort of recollect, it was more of a continuation of the PMS-like symptoms that I had prior to menopause, generally, you know, sort of being a bit ratty and emotional, I suppose. Um, But I think that the difference that during the menopause transition, it it feels a bit like a roller coaster because, you know, your, your cycle is erratic. Um, and so there's no regular cycle to the symptoms. So, you know, when I was having, you know, PMS, I knew, oh, this is the time of the month where I'm going to feel like this and I'm going to behave a bit differently. Um, But during the menopause, it was all a bit, you know, it could happen at any time, really. Um, And I I do know women who have felt particularly uh, low during this phase, and it's really not a a nice place to be, especially if you don't understand why you've got these symptoms, it can be a bit um, scary, really. Mm -hmm. So, so, Going back to my original uh, question, Karen, what are the potential causes of the mind mood changes that occur during perimenopause?
1: Well, really, to put it simply, I Alien, mean, it's associated, associated with that fluctuation in the female sex hormones that occurs during this period. Now, perimenopause is known to last for approximately four years and is divided into two phases or two stages. And I'll use those words probably all mixed in together, but they can m- m- be known as phases or stages. And there's the early phase and the late phase. Now, the early phase is characterized by one or more skipped menstrual cycles or a persistent difference of seven days or more in the length of consecutive cycles. And this difference in cycle length then occurs for a subsequent 10 cycles. Now, the late stage is then defined when this menstrual irregularity progresses to longer periods of what is known as amenorrhea, so no bleeding occurring. And that's when the more dramatic fluctuations in hormones occur. Now, it is thought that the late stage transition period is when women tend to experience most symptoms associated with menopause, including the mind and mood symptoms. So this would suggest, and we probably would all agree, that it could be the heightened hormonal fluctuations in that late phase that is the cause of the symptoms. And I think probably most women would be aware that a hormonal imbalance is the cause of the symptoms. However, what they might not be aware of is that estrogen is actually associated with the activity of certain neurotransmitters. So those brain hormones involved in mood, including serotonin, so our feel-good hormone, and noradrenaline. So that's associated with that flight or fights uh, fight or flight response. Now it's it's known that estrogen regulates the synthesis and the metabolism of serotonin and noradrenaline. So Really, when you think of that, it is understandable that if oestrogen levels are erratic, then potentially an individual's mood would be erratic as well. So the studies also suggest that the wider the fluctuation in oestrogen levels, the more severe the mood symptoms could be, which kind of makes sense, really. Yeah, it's really interesting, Karen.
0: And and as you say, it can explain why uh, some women experience the mild mood fluctuations whilst others develop, uh, depression. Mm. Um, but, um, this doesn't help explain why some women don't experience any mind mood symptoms at all. Um, suggesting that there could be some risk factors that make people or women rather more susceptible to these symptoms, uh, and diet and nutrition potentially being one of those risk factors.
1: Yeah, absolutely, Aileen. It does sort of make you think about that because some people do go through um, menopause and they've still got the fluctuations in hormones, but they don't have the mind mood symptoms. So what else potentially could be um, a risk factor for these symptoms occurring? Now, diet and nutrition, like you say, could be a risk factor, um, but also there are, are potentially other possible risk factors as well linked to that. Mind mood symptoms during menopause, and some I'm thinking about here are ones including what's known as psychosocial resources. In other words, really, how well an individual copes generally with life events alongside what social support an individual might have. So, some people might be very much alone, other people's got lots of support around you. So For example, if somebody was really quite isolated or they they don't really cope well with stress generally, then they might be more susceptible to these mood fluctuations during this life stage. Now, also, an individual's mindset might be a risk factor and, and be an influence. So, some studies have found that Females' expectations, really, of this transition and the way they regard menopause could have an impact on their psychological well-being during this phase. Now, one study, uh, it's a prospective study that I, I looked at, found that women who had a negative attitude around menopause went on to experience more perimenopausal symptoms than their more positive counterparts, so that's interesting as well. But also, there's the cultural influences. So that social learning about what to anticipate during midlife, and as we've mentioned before, Aileen and in, in other in, in another episode, in Eastern cultures, they see menopause as a time when a female undergoes like a, a transformation, drawing on wisdom and experience and. And really creating a, a, a unique opportunity to transition into the the real authentic person that they are. So a really positive outlook regarding this, um, this time of life. Whereas in the West, I think, and this is personal, I think that we see it more as a, as a time of change, of irritating symptoms, and also a sign that we're ageing. So a much more negative view of that midlife stage now. Like I say, these are my my um opinions, the their generalization really. Uh, because not all women f- feel the same way about this midlife um period. So and the other thing that I think probably being um being runners, we're all aware of, is is exercise um and, and looking at at exercise linked to menopause and science is quite a new concept in the world of science, um, which is interesting that it's, it's relatively new, because I do think that we as runners could really relate to that positive psychological effects of running, as well as the positive physical effects that it delivers. And there have been sort of several studies now showing that women who were more physically active experienced significantly fewer menopausal symptoms overall, including the psychological symptoms. So some some really interesting and potentially um, um, accurate uh, um, risk factors uh, that that some people might have Going on, or or might be susceptible to, as well as the fluctuations in hormones. Do you have anything else here that you would you'd add, Aileen, regarding um risk factors?
0: Yeah, well, I mean, one sort of reflection on the things that you were saying, Karen, is that hopefully, um, what, you know, as a as a population, we're getting more used to talking openly about menopause, and that's something that's fairly recent i mean it certainly wasn't taught about 10 years ago but certainly maybe in the last three four five years it's yes. a topic that's in the news and it's discussed so maybe because women are more educated uh, about what to expect that's going to really help people uh, go forward um mm. but just a, a few things to consider to to add to the the comments that you made um Quality of life appears to impact on an individual's experience during menopause and the risk of adverse mood symptoms varies between 20 to 62 percent depending on quality of life um so you know it, it's it's hard to quantify quality of life isn't it um mm-hmm. but it, i suppose it's individual to everybody it's you know how much are you enjoying your life and how good is it for you so and and when we're in midlife it can feel that we're pulled in different directions so you know maybe that impacts on our quality of life um also if, if you're somebody that's got a history of Low mood, depression, or anxiety. It's thought that a previous history of any of these conditions may lead to a likelihood of them reoccurring uh, or exacerbating during the perimenopause period. Um, and it's it's also said in this evidence that these conditions can appear for the first time. You know, you might not have had had anything like that before. And I think again, that's what is can be a bit scary. You know, suddenly, you know, you could have been a nice calm happy person and all of a sudden you've got all these weird fluctuations going on in your life and that can be really challenging. Um, The other thing to say is that either um, if you've had an early or late onset uh, perimenopause, um, these um, transition times, if you like, appear to influence symptoms too. So a late uh, onset leads to a shorter perimenopause period overall. And they tend to skip the early phase transition, um, but symptoms may be more severe as a result. Um, So the factors that are thought to influence either an early or a late onset of perimenopause include BMI. So a high BMI is associated with uh, a later onset perimenopause. and ethnicity too. So African American females are thought to have a longer transition period than white females. So there's a there's a lot of things that can be feeding into <laughs> yes. these mind mood symptoms, aren't there?
1: There are. Yes, yeah, so many so many different factors to be taken into consideration. And another potential influence is poor sleep hygiene. Now it's um, known to be a trigger of mind mood symptoms and it's a subject that we've discussed in detail in um, other podcast episodes including episode 50 eat sleep run and episode 33 food for sleep so if you wanted to learn more about um about the influence of sleep for many different um, areas of health then um, it might be worth going back and listening to those episodes we won't go into detail about sleep here
0: Okay. So um, thanks for bringing those episodes to everybody's attention because I think it's always good to look a bit wider. So if sleep's a problem, uh, check those out. Um, so, so far we've determined that the fluctuating hormones are really the principal cause of the mind-mood symptoms during that perimenopause transition. And there, there are a lot of risk factors that may influence the severity of the symptoms, including our mindset, our lifestyle, um how we exercise and possibly the cultural differences in in our life, um, and we've also mentioned that diet and nutrition can influence mind mood symptoms, which we'll discuss in a little bit more detail in a minute. Um, but before we do that, Karen, I wondered if you could outline the potential impact of these mind mood symptoms on a midlife female runner.
1: Yeah, sure. Absolutely. And we did actually dedicate an episode to the importance of mental health for runners. um, And that was titled Healthy Mind for Happy Running. And that's episode 94. So you might wish to revisit this episode as well if you are struggling with any aspect of motivation and positivity for your running, whether you're in the menopausal period or not. So as I said earlier, it would appear that physically active women experience significantly fewer menopausal symptoms overall, including psychological symptoms, but they may still experience a level of mood fluctuations. And for some, that could be, it could be more severe.
0: Yeah. And it's well known that moderate exercise is associated with positive mental health uh, and studies suggest that it's most helpful at reducing depression and anxiety but there are lots of other positive outcomes so for instance better emotional well-being better self-image improved self-confidence less anger and aggression and and really generally feeling happier overall Um, so I think it's really it's There's some really positive reasons to exercise regularly and particularly to run regularly.
1: Yeah, definitely. Lots of positive reasons to continue with our running through the the midlife period. However, there is a flip side to this and running. And I'm thinking here predominantly of long distance or intense running because it has been shown to impact on mind and mood symptoms negatively. So symptoms that are thought to be induced by long distance running might include Anxiety, depression, poor motivation, addictive behaviour, so that's negative um, addiction. So really, what I think this information suggests is that if you are a woman heading towards midlife and you're a distance runner, then maybe begin to think about observing for any changes in mind mood symptoms that might suggest you're running is influencing them negatively. Maybe you could consider reducing the distance and or the intensity of your training whilst sort of continuing to observe and possibly noting down your symptoms you could rate them maybe on a scale of severity for example from not to 6 with 0 being no mood symptoms and 6 being feelings of anxiety or for some it might be tearfulness or for others it might be irritability but just being aware of by changing your your training schedule is it impacting negatively or positively on those mood symptoms to see if it is it is a factor now if you are already in the midlife transition period and running moderate distances with no psychological symptoms then keep going because this would really suggest that your running program is working for you and it's not influencing any of the any of the symptoms associated with midlife
0: yeah, and that, that would go with also if you're running long distances without any symptoms, that's great. Just keep yes. it up and just be mindful. So, you know, it, it could be that it's not an issue for you and you can just carry on. Um if you are in the midlife transition period, um run it and you're running moderate distances, you'll these are found to um to um You know, and you. Sorry, I'm I'm getting a bit tied up, and I'm not here, Karen. What I was going to say was that um, sometimes when you're in the midlife transition period and you're experiencing some mind mood symptoms, it might suggest that there's another trigger involved um, with. Um, creating these mind mood symptoms and it could be another aspect of your lifestyle so it, it might not be you running it could be something else that's going on so this is where uh, diet and nutrition uh, comes in and or perhaps a, a history of of mood fluctuations um and and also you've got to bear in mind that there could be other stresses going on in your life um so it might be um you know, to do with work, to do with um, having uh, children, uh, teenage children or elderly parents, you know, there tends to be a lot of different influences on uh, what could be, um, you know, producing the stress that could be leading to these mind mood symptoms. Um, So again, you know, I think it's all about you know, assessing what you need and perhaps uh, reducing um, your training plan, the amount of running you're doing, but trying to maintain physical activity and possibly introduce another activity. So, you know, perhaps swimming or yoga um, or something else restorative. And as Karen said, using a, a symptoms rating tool might be helpful just to see Uh, You know, are any of these activities promoting well-being or are they having a negative effect on your well-being?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely, Aileen. So thanks for that. Okay, so just before we move on, we've just to recap, we've acknowledged that our running routine could either support our mood and general mental health. Or it could potentially be a trigger of some of the psychological symptoms, including the anxiety, also poor motivation during that perimenopause transition period. And our suggestion really is to observe for any symptoms and adjust your training accordingly and or consider any other potential triggers of these symptoms and address them. That would be our um there are um, advice there, so um... okay. So let's let's get on
0: to the nutrition now because that's uh, the the interesting bit, isn't it, Karen? Really. Mm-hmm. Um, so there there are some nutritional strategies that uh, we can suggest to help manage and alleviate mind mood symptoms um, that are associated with perimenopause. Um, and as we said at the beginning, the symptoms are thought to be caused by fluctuating sex hormone levels. Um, which we we address um, in the Healthy Woman, Healthy Runner method. Um, so let's let's move on, Karen. Why um, why is diet and nutrition so important? And um, let's think about why um, I suppose poor diet and nutrition may be a trigger for some of the mind mood symptoms experienced by midlife females. Um,
1: yeah.
0: So so the first thing that's coming to my mind is. Uh, an overconsumption of refined carbohydrates and sugars um, because we know that it's um, by doing that it can lead to a disruption in hormone balance um, ranging from um, insulin and cortisol which both influence female sex hormone balance so if you are eating a, a diet high in these types of foods that might be the, the trigger that's um, exacerbating the mind and mood symptoms. Um, the, the kind of foods that we're thinking about here would include cakes, pastries, uh, white grains, bread, pasta, sweets and desserts, and, and sort of sugary beverages, including Coke, Fanta, Leucozade, um, all of which tend to be the type of things we are drawn to when we're a bit stressed out, aren't they? So, you know, that's, that's an area that... Um, yeah, that. absolutely. Addressing. And that
1: would link into that, um, that, that cortisol as well and the insulin. And actually, alien all those foods that you have just spoken about tend to be low in fibre as well. So they're high in sugar and low in fibre because it's all been taken out, removed during the refining process. Now, fibre is really supportive of removing toxins um, from the body, including these xenoestrogens. So these are chemical compounds that mimic oestrogen um, therefore have a, a similar chemical structure. So bind to receptors on oestrogen sensitive cell membrane. So these xenoestrogen or chemical compounds that mimic oestrogen are found in such things as the lining of tin cans cling film pesticides in fruits and vegetables but also in petrol fumes and you can find it in some dairy and meat so th- th- that's another area which um, which may lead to the Fluctuations or, or how the diet may be exacerbating the mind mood symptoms due to the, the increase in the fluctuation of estrogen levels, but also a diet that is um, low in fruits and vegetables, because these foods contain what is known as phytonutrients and, um, and they're known to be cell protective. Therefore, an inadequate intake of them is thought to be a potential trigger of mind and mood symptoms due to that poor cell health and potential neurological degeneration. So that's another um, area where um, poor poor, poor diet uh, may be um, influencing the mind-mood symptoms. Yeah, I and
0: mean, one of the things that's always... Um you know, a, a really simple uh, health tip uh, with all kinds of hormonal imbalance, whether it's in perimenopause uh, or earlier or later in uh, in the menopause, is to have a regular bowel movement every day. So eating lots of fruits and vegetables, getting plenty of fiber in your diet is going to help you have that regular bowel movement every day. And that's going to help not only get rid of those toxins that Karen was talking about, but it will get rid of any excess old hormones that we're trying to excrete so um that's another good reason for Mm. following that advice yes yeah um okay so we've given a few ideas on uh, foods there and um talked about you know the negative side of of um having a a diet high in refined carbohydrates and sugars and how they may trigger and exacerbate the psychological symptoms that some females experience as they transition uh, through menopause so let's now look at some uh, dietary and nutritional habits to consider that would support mental health and hormonal balance over and above the ones that we've just mentioned Um, So the thing that we'd like to mention to you today is um, to consider phytoestrogenic foods. Um, Now, these um, foods are currently the most recognized foods for supporting female hormone balance, and we have talked about them in in previous episodes. But just to remind you, phytoestrogens are compounds found naturally in many plant-based foods, and there's different categories. And the, the main categories are lignans, lactones and cumistans. So, Karen, can you tell us a little bit more about where we would find those?
1: Yeah, there are some really well known food sources, and they include the the likes of soy, so soybean and soy products, so tofu, tempeh, etc., and edamame beans as well. Legumes, so for example, the lentils, the peas, and the beans um, are good phytoestrogenic foods. Also, many fruits and vegetables olive oil but also some grains especially um, the likes of of oats. So and what it is, their chemical structure and effects are very similar to oestrogen but they're much weaker so as a result if oestrogen levels are very low they provide an additional source however if oestrogen levels are too high they help limit its effects by binding to the oestrogen receptors on the cells. So either way they kind of help to support that balance of the sex hormones therefore could potentially help diminish some of the mind and mood symptoms for some people so um, really worth bearing in mind and maybe introducing into your diet if you are currently experiencing these mind mood symptoms yeah and thinking about having a portion
0: a day it would be a really good start i think um okay so um Other foods that we uh, can suggest that would support mind and mood symptoms and hormone balance include fennel, uh, which is known to reduce anxiety in perimenopausal women. So, you know, you can have that as a vegetable or as fennel tea. I particularly like fennel tea. It's a very nice, refreshing uh, drink. Um, Passion fruit has also been shown to reduce anxiety. Uh, And essential fatty acids are really important, as well as vitamin C, B vitamins, magnesium and zinc and that they're, they're all um have been researched and show promising reducing anxiety as well as diminishing symptoms of stress
1: yeah, and, and just to add to that, Aileen, sort of pre- and probiotic foods um, are really important for the absorption of the phytoestrogenic foods, therefore um, an increased intake of foods including the likes of live yogurts, fermented foods, so that's miso, tempeh, as well as the prebiotic foods like onions, leeks, asparagus, green bananas would be recommended to to um, encourage optimal absorption and utilisation of the phytoestrogenic foods that we've already spoken about. So you were saying about starting off with a portion a day of the phytoestrogenic foods, alien, maybe start by introducing the same um, with the pre and probiotic foods a portion a day and then building up.
0: Yeah, that all sounds good. So, as we said at the beginning, this is really a snapshot, and we could go on and on discussing foods and nutrients that are known to support hormone balance and psychological health. But um, because this is a, a sort of a mini episode, we we really need to round up, the, up round up this episode, um, Karen. So, I think before we do, um, what one action point would you uh, suggest that listeners could consider putting into place? Um, after today's episode that would help support the symptoms as they they move through menopause?
1: Mm, I think really my um, one message would be to really think about introducing an everyday healthy diet and we speak about this a lot so hopefully most people do have an everyday healthy diet um but but really thinking about keeping it consistent um on a daily basis seven days a week now like i say it is something that we we do talk about often and um but I feel that by introducing this co- concept here, it will ensure that you 'll be eating a variety of natural and whole foods that will include all of the ones that we 've discussed today, and also if you 're including Including um, all the ones that we have been promoting, then it kind of squeezes out the ones that are going to be less supportive and may sort of lead to the to the to the to the mind mood symptoms. So really squeezing them out. Um, so I think that this would be. A simple step, but a big step towards attaining more of a, a balance hormonally, therefore hopefully helping to diminish any mind and mood symptoms and possibly other symptoms of menopause as well that some people might be finding problematic. So that would be my overarching message, Aileen.
0: Okay, so that's eat a healthy, everyday, um, healthy food uh, plan and keep it consistent. So thanks, Karen. Um, We hope everybody's enjoyed listening to this episode. And remember, if you would like to know more about the Healthy Women, Healthy Runner method, then we'd love you to join us on our next free training. And if you listen to the end of the episode, we'll explain how you can register for the next training. So thanks very much for listening. We hope you found uh, today interesting and useful thank you so much for joining us today and we really hope that you found our insights useful we've got a question for you would you like to know how to put our advice into practice and how to take some easy actions if your answer is yes then please don't miss the opportunity to sign up for our next free online training session it's going to be on zoom and we'll be there to share more steps in the healthy woman healthy runner method with you And most important of all, we'll be there in person. So we'll be able to answer any of your questions on the spot during the training. Karen and I absolutely love podcasting, but we love interacting with you even more. So we can't wait to meet you in our Zoom room. If you'd like to register, it's very easy. All you need to do is look out at the episode show notes, look at the top of the page and click the booking link there and we'll send all the details to you. So if you'd like to be a healthy woman, healthy runner for many years to come, please come and join us and don't miss out on our next free training